What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sports Podcast. <clears throat> you guys already know I'm your host, Justin Roman. And guys, today, um, uh, there was a report um, by a Paul Schwartz that I'm not really uh, surprised uh, by. The New York Giants uh, have released Golden Tate and David Mayo to save $8 million. Um, look at my thoughts on this. Look, the Giants have begun their roster house cleaning. They released Golden Tate on Wednesday, a move that was expected after a signing that turned out to be a dud. No one was, no, no Giant, Giants fans were not even surprised by that. Um, Tate, who is 32 years old, was scheduled to make $8.4 million in 2021 and would have counted $10.8 million on the salary cap. Numbers that never were going to fly given his lack of production and other issues last season. The Giants will save at least $6.1 million on the cap by parting ways with Golden Tate, and he will count $4.7 million in dead money. <clears throat> Look at um, Golden Tate um, uh, tweeted, uh, quote unquote, I appreciated the conversation. And professionalism the Giants management showed me earlier today. Always a class organization from start uh, to finish. Your respect means uh, the world to me and my family. To my teammates, I value each and every relationship I built over the last two seasons forever. Not only him, David Mayo, uh, who uh, the Giants also released um, David Mayo, defensive linebacker saving $2.3 million on the cap with no dead money. Tate signing was the immediate response, you know, after the Giants traded Odo Odo Beckham Jr. to the Browns back in 2019. The Giants in no way expected Tate to replicate Beckham's exploits exploits on the field, but they gave him a four-year $37.5 million contract. Tate, um, look, Tate... Golden Tate, uh, he got off to a bad start uh, with the Giants, missing the first four games of his of the, of his Giants career on an NFL mandated suspension for violating the league's policy on performance enhancing substances. In eleven games, that in that 2019 season, Tate only caught 49 passes for only 600 yards and six touchdowns, 676 yards. <clears throat> His second year of the Giants was a bust. He battled injuries and in 12 games only caught 35 passes for 388 yards and two touchdowns. He was sent home from practice and benched for one game by Joe Judge after a week eight outburst and a loss to, uh, to the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Tate screamed, throw me, Tate screamed, throw me the damn ball. He literally said that on live television at the Giants sideline after reception and later shouted, throw me the ball into a television camera following a touchdown catch. Golden Tate's wife went on social media to complain about her husband's role and Tate liked a post on Twitter suggesting the Giants should cut him. Judge Joe Judge that week talked about selfish behavior, clearly referring to Tate and the receiver said, my actions were unacceptable as he issued an apology. 
In week four, Tate was involved in a post-game uh, fight with the Rams, Jalen Ramsey, who Jalen Ramsey, <clears throat> Jalen Ramsey, <clears throat> I always, Jalen Ramsey, he's he's going to be top five in my book all the time. I think Jalen Ramsey is one of the best defense, uh, man-to-man defensive cornerbacks you will ever see in the NFL. But anyways, look, there was a bad, there was bad blood between the two players as Ramsey Jalen Ramsey is the ex-boyfriend of Golden Tate's sister, who has two children with Jalen Ramsey. The altercation was not a good look for Golden Tate. So look at all I'm so look at by all I'm saying for this by saving 8.4 million dollars on the cap, the Giants are now just about at the 180 million dollar figure that is expected to be the minimum. Uh, not just for the Giants, but for every team in the NFL. You know, and every team in the NFL will be able to spend the season. There are expected to be further cuts in the coming days <clears throat> coming days for the Giants to increase that cap space. Without Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard should be able to return to his most comfortable and productive spot as a slot receiver. David Mayo, who's still young, 27 years old, played in all 16 games, only started 13 times. Back in 2019, but, but he wasn't part of the playing rotation in 2020 at inside linebacker. With only, uh, he only started twice in 11 games. So I am not shocked. Um, obviously, um, the Giants they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to create more room if they want. They're gonna have, like I said, the more players you cut, the more money you're gonna get. And obviously, I think. What I can see the Giants doing, I can see the Giants. Obviously, the Giants they're trying to they're trying to get more money in to try to keep uh, Leonard Williams because Leonard Williams obviously he's their top priority. You know they want to sign him long term, but the Giants also want to they also want to re-sign Dalvin Tomlinson who was who was amazing this season. You know, so let's see how it goes down. Can the Giants literally? Um, can they actually um, get enough money to bring back both of these uh, studs on the defense? We'll have to see what happens. But I, I can see that's what I'm picturing right now. But let's see what happens. And guys, another thing I want to talk about um, is Nate Soldier. Um, and... Obviously, guys, Nate Soldier. Um, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of reports saying that Soldier is is intended to uh, coming back to play for the Giants. Um, after he opted out for the 2020 season uh, because of the coronavirus, but us Giants fans, we're really smart. You know, Giants fans, we're really smart, and we all know Nate Soldier. We all know that he's washed up. We all know this. I think the Giants should consider uh, releasing him, you know. So, if you're going to ask me, Justin, is Nate Soldier next on the chopping block for the Giants? Look it. Look. The Giants are currently around $4.4 million under the salary cap. Depending on where you look and have the Giants, they have, obviously, they still have a whole lot of housekeeping remaining house cleaning remaining in order to become players in free agency. And 
which begins uh, in, less th- in less than two weeks. Leonard Williams' franchise tag alone would cost in the neighborhood of $19 million. You know? So they, the Giants, they're going to have to find cap space. Like I said, like I said before, the more players you cut, the more money you get from those players. And obviously, like I said, the Giants, I can see them. I can somehow see the Giants cleaning house just to keep Leonard Williams or possibly both Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson, you know? So they, I, from a, from my foot, from a football perspective, I think they are going to have to find cap space. Vime, uh, try, or uh, try to cut more players and restructuring of current contracts. Now, if you can ask me, Justin, who could be next on the, on this list? Well, the obvious candidate is, uh, is Nate Soldier. I think he will get released. And his $16.5 million cap hit, I think, will be gone too. Nate Soldier's getting, he's getting older. He's not getting younger. He's not the same anymore. This We have to understand, Giants fans, this isn't the Nate Soldier that we all saw with the New England Patriots. You know? This man led all left tackles and pressure allowed, which is horrible. Soldiers, 32 years old, who opted out last year, has put the Giants in a financial pickle since his, since his, what's the word? I can't even find a word. Um, what's the word? Egregious. <clears throat> Egregious. $62 million four-year deal was paused by the opt-out. Instead of being in year four of his deal, he's heading into year three, which makes cutting him almost as costly as keeping him. Still... The Giants can save nearly 10... The Giants can literally save nearly uh, $10 million by releasing him. But they might have to wait for that money. According to uh, a giant writer, uh, Patricia Trainer of Sports Illustrated, who mapped it out recently. Um, Patricia Trainer said, quote-unquote, if he and the Giants part ways, New York would save $6 million and be charged... $10.5 million in dead money. If Soldier is a pre-June 1st transaction or say $10 million with $6.5 million uh, dead money charge in 2021 and a $4 million uh, dead money hit in 2022. Uh, Look it. Here's my original projection on what she just said. If obviously she's saying if the Giants de- if the Giants somehow uh uh the sign a soldier a post June first transaction. They obviously have to wait until June second to have to have access to the savings. That wouldn't be so bad as it would be newfound money that could be used to sign their rookie class while also having some left over for the season. Patricia Trainer also crunched some numbers in the event Soldier decides to retire, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Even though he stated he will return in 2021. Patricia, uh, Patricia uh, Trainer said, "Quote unquote: Assuming Soldier were contemplating retiring, the Giants could lower his base salary from 9.9 million dollars to the veteran minimum for a player with 10 plus years of accrued experience to one point uh, to one million dollars in Soldier's case. That obviously would free up. So obviously, that means that would free up eight point eight hundred and twenty five million dollars instead of the six million dollars the Giants would get if Soldier were designated as a, a pre-June 1st transaction transaction 
unfortunately, lowering the base salary doesn't affect the pro-rated signing bonus, which would still leave a $6.5 million dead money hit this year and a $4 million hit next year if he's designated it as a poo- uh, poo- Sorry, I can't even talk. I get- every time I talk so fast, I misword myself. Like I was saying, designated as a post-June 1st cut or a $10.5 million dead money hit if they rip the bandage off beforehand. So, all, so obviously, what I'm getting from all this, you know, what Patricia Trent is trying, uh, clearly trying to say that cutting Soldier will free up plenty of cap space, but also will leave behind a huge dead cap hit for the next two seasons. Obviously, the only other option would be to have Soldier play on a lesser salary, aka kicking the can down the road with the contract extension or restructured to lower his annual cap hit. That is unlikely because Soldier is no longer left tackle timber at uh, the type of having Andrew Thomas at left tackle, and Soldier on the right side doesn't give many Giants fans a warm, secure feeling. So I think is Nate Soldier uh, next on the chopping block? I think he is. Because the Giants have the, the Giants, they have Rob Sale, who is the new offensive lines coach, who's really experienced in coach, who's really experienced in young talent. Nate Soder ain't young. You know, I think this offensive line is pretty good. It's just young and it's need, it needs improvement. Obviously, the obviously. The offensive lineman that we had and Dave Dugliamolo, you know, and Mark Colombo, obviously they weren't the answer to our offensive line woes. I think Rob Sale is going to do a perfect job. He's worked with Nick Saban, who just literally won the national championship, being the bricks out of my Buckeyes, you know. So I don't see, I don't, I don't see this as a surprise. I think Nate Soder will be next on the chopping block. I think he will. So, yeah. Okay, guys, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. So, guys, um, <clears throat> guys, guys, look at Cowboys fans. You Cowboys fans keep... You guys are finally... You Cowboys fans are finally asking me good questions. Cowboys fans went from asking me questions about this horrible offensive line to your to your injury-prone running back in Ezekiel Elliott, who's supposed to be your next... I don't know. Your next Emmett Smith. But he's not. Look it. You cow, Cowboys fans, you guys been asking me... Justin, what's next for what's next for Ezekiel Elliott? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna, I'm going to outline Zeke's future. Look it. With so many good questions to answer from you, Cowboys fans. This series will take a look at each position on this roster and what choices might face 
the front office heading into 2021. You know, everyone will continue to look at this Cowboys uh, running back situation, which is currently facing as much scrutiny as any position on the team. So you Cowboys fans kept asking me, Justin, please tell us as much as you hate this football team, what does the future hold for Ezekiel Elliott? Look it. Outside of the obvious situation with Dak Prescott, there are a few members of the Dallas Cowboys debated about more frequently by fans, not not just by fans, by the media as well, than Ezekiel Elliott. The reasons why have been well covered, you know? Look at, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about Zeke's, uh, I'm going to talk about Zeke uh, for the 2020 season. Ezekiel Elliott occupi- occupies the rare and unfortunate role of being both one of the NFL's better and most disappointing running backs that goes with the territory when you lead the league in fumbles while also commanding a 15 million dollar salary and don't forget this is a guy that signed a huge contract worth 90 i think 91 92 93 million dollars this man is one of the richest backs in the league and he's and he's playing like crap he's getting hurt the game against the Giants, he looked horrible. He kept calling for the coach, you know, for someone to take his spot because he couldn't play because he was always hurt. He was dealing with a little, uh, little tendron in his calf. Look at everyone knows the circumstances that co- that contributed to Ezekiel Elliott's down season. His offensive line was a sh- was was shambles for practically the entire season and he lost his starting quarterback to injury in week five at the same time it's perfectly fair to expect a 90 million dollar running back to elevate his offense in dire circumstances and ezekiel elliott wasn't quite on that level in 2020 but that's enough about 2020 you guys are now asking me what about now thanks to his contract Ezekiel Elliott's future has been hotly debated. He signed a six-year, $90 million extension right before the 2019 season when he still had two more years remaining on his rookie deal, which means he's currently under contract for a whopping six more years. That price point combined with his disappointing performance has prompted plenty of people to to suggest moving on. The problem is that it's way easier said than done. Releasing Zeke Elliott right now would incur, let me say, a debt cap hit of roughly $24 million, while trading him would hit the salary cap for almost $15 million. Not to to mention, the price the the Cowboys will get in return will likely not be high, given the size of Elliott's contract and his dip in production. Even designating him a a post-June 1st cut would hurt as the Cowboys would then carry a ch- uh, a trap charge of more than $10 million for each of the next two years. There is also another interesting wrinkle, thanks to a clause in the contract. Elliot, Zika Elliott's 2022 salary becomes fully guaranteed on the filthy day of, his, of this league year, which is all about three weeks from right now. They're actually, they're actually, if the Cowboys work to decide to move on, that gives them just a few weeks to make that call. Otherwise, 
They'll be playing. They'll be paying uh, Zeke through the 2022 season. But given the impact that COVID-19 has had on the salary cap, not to mention the other expenses facing this team, if you ask me, Justin, is that realistic? Look at from this vantage point, the answer feels like no. It's possible the Cowboys have buyer's remorse about Elliott's contract. But if you can ask me, is that remorse so strong that they would hit their salary cap for two, for twenty million dollars just to just to have him gone? Look it, it seems rash. Elliott was not an explosive player last season, particularly after Prescott's injury. He also has obvious work to do on his ball security. Even still, this is a guy who produced 1,317 all-purpose yards and eight touchdowns last season. He also dealt with a calf injury, like I was saying, against the Giants that limited him in the later half of the year. Not only for the Giants, for the half of the season. Even prompting him to miss a game due to injury for the first time in his pro career. And yes, it's worth pointing out that he did the vast majority of that work behind a makeshift offensive line and without the help of Dak Prescott. Of course, it isn't ideal that one of the highest paid running backs in football needs all that help to produce at a top tier level. But this is the situation the Cowboys find themselves in. Zeke has rushed for 1,300 yards or more yards in three of his five NFL seasons. In the two seasons, he failed to reach 1,000 yards. He missed doing so by a combined total of 38 yards. He has accounted for 8,699 yards of offense and 58 total touchdowns. And he'll be just 26 years old when the 2021 season starts. So all I'm saying for this, you Cowboys fans ask me, what's Zeke's future? All I'm saying, for all those reasons, it's a good bet. Zeke ain't, Zeke isn't going anywhere. And even at this price point, that's fine, despite the valid criticism. It's, always, it's also a reasonable guess that the, that the, that the Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott, we all saw coming, uh, that we all saw coming this season is an upgrade from what everyone, not just Cowboys fans, not just Giants fans, but everyone in the NFL, everyone thought that they were going to get in 2020. Everyone thought the Zeke Elliott, oh, he's going to be a, he's going to be a top running back. He's going to be in the top five. No, Zeke Elliott played like a freaking, I don't think he belonged in the top freaking 100. That's how horrible Zeke Elliott was. So Zeke, obviously he's not in a good position. He needs to stay healthy. You know, he needs he needs to play like the Ezekiel Elliott that everyone saw back in 2016 where he was running over dudes in the 2015 and 16 season, I meant. You know? He's not that that's not the same as that that's not the same Ezekiel Elliott that every that we're witnessing. We're witnessing a broken down running back. So it's not looking too good for Zeke's future. But he can fix it. He just needs to stay. He Everything I just said, he needs to do. He needs to stay healthy. And he needs to play like the running back that we all saw back in, two, in the 2015-16 season. Where the Cowboys almost beat the Packers. So, let's see what happens. Okay, guys. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. 
guys, um, <clears throat> Eagles fans, I'm about to give you guys a little, you know, a little, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna put a little, uh, sugar on your, I'm gonna put a little sugar in your cereal. I'm gonna make you guys feel a little better about, uh, your, fo- uh, about this football team because I know Eagles fans are worried about next season. I'm gonna I'm gonna name the three free agents that makes total sense for this football team. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they are not gonna be big spenders in free agency. Because well, they won't have much in the way of money to spend, seeing as their salary cap is in horrendous shape. Still, it's unlikely that they'll sit out free agency entirely as they'll hope to find some bargain bin guys to fill out their roster. So I'm going I'm to name the three free agents that I believe make sense for this football team in free agency this offseason. Yes, I'm aware they're overwhelming. But anyways, let's, go, let's get into right. Let's get right into it. Okay, guys. I think the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think they're going after my boy Justin Fields from Ohio State. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go after a veteran quarterback that has experience. And no, it's not Nick Foles. No, it's it's you know, it's not it's not Tyrod Taylor. It's gonna be Jacoby Brissett from the Indianapolis Colts, who is who's still young, he's 28 years old. And here's why. Eagles fans are pro- you guys are probably like, Justin, why would you pick, why why would you say Jacoby Brissett? This man has no experience whatsoever. Look at each of the last three eagle each of the last three eagles new head coaching hires have brought quarterbacks along with them to help in starter offenses. For example, Andy I got three examples. Andy Reid brought Doug Peterson with him to Philly from Green Bay. Chip Kelly brought Dennis Dixon in from the Ravens. Dixon played for Kelly at Oregon, and Peterson brought Chase Daniel with him to Philly from Kansas City. Chase Daniel signed a three-year deal worth $21 million. But he only la- he only <clears throat> lasted on the team for one season. He counted for five million dollars on the 2016 salary cap, and seven million dollars in dead money on the 2017 cap after the team released him. For that 12 million dollar uh, for the for that 12 million 12 million dollars, the Eagles got one pass attempt out of Daniel. Though in fairness, he did complete it, giving him a share of the Eagles all-time completion percentage leaders. After Daniel's release, Howie Roseman put out the following statement. You know? <clears throat> so look at Your takeaway here should be that the Eagles clearly value the, the veteran mentor quarterback who already knows the offense and Brissett would make sense as a guy who has already ran an offense coordinated by Nick Sirianni. Where Brissett would not make sense is like that is where Brissett uh, would not make sense is that like Daniel in 2016. Brissett should have a decent market and won't come he won't come cheap since the Eagles are highly unlikely to be contenders in 2021. Signing a veteran backup to a costly contract just to mentor Jalen Hurts. Uh, and maybe also a rookie draft pick feels like money spent unwisely. But ask yourself this: Why use a finite cap space for a player to do the coaching staff job? Ask yourself that. 
Okay, guys, another player that I think uh, would uh, that that makes total sense for the Eagles is Jayon Brown from the Tennessee Titans, linebacker who is 26 years old. Why, why, why this guy? Well, look at New Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon is a Mike Zimmer uh, disciple, which means that there's a decent bet that Eagles linebackers are going to get more opportunities as blitzers. There's also speculation that Gannon will run a lot of cover two, which means that those linebackers better also be uh, be able to play zone coverage. John Brown is good at both. In the four years since the Titans selected him in the fifth round of the 2017 draft, he has 9.5 sacks, 18 quarterback hits, 26 pass breakups, and three interceptions. He has been a productive player both in coverage and as a blitzer and could be a nice fit in what some perceived Gannon's defense will be. But look, one obstacle could be cost. The Athletics' uh, Shil uh, Capadia and NFL.com's Greg uh, Rosenthal both have Brown as the third best off-ball linebacker available in free agency. However, if the Eagles believe the fit is right, they could uh, structure, they could uh, they could structure a deal in which Brown's 2021 cap number is low, but is higher on the back end. There's also the possibility that the NFL wouldn't, uh, wouldn't won't like Brown as much as Shield, Greg, or I do because of his denominative size. He stands at six, uh, six foot, 226 pounds, and his unimpressive on paper athletic measurables. So maybe he won't be as expensive as anticipated. It's also worth noting that the Eagles have brought in their share of similar, uh, similarly, similarly sized line, size linebackers in recent years, both in free agency and the draft. I think the addition of John Brown would give the Eagles a linebacking trio of Brown, Alex Singleton, and TJ Edwards, with the possibility of second-year players in Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley showing more in 2021 than he did as rookies. Don't if I'm Eagles, I. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna want to spend premium resources on a linebacker in the draft. This would be a reasonable way to continue that roster building strategy that many Eagles fans have found frustrating. And guys, the last and final player that I think would make great sense for the, uh, this Eagles team is uh, kick returner and punt returner. He also plays for the uh, Detroit Lions. He is 25 years old, and that's Jamal Agnew. Here's why. The Lions drafted Agnew as a cornerback, you know, and in, two, and, in two, and in 2020 converted him into a wide receiver. But who cares about all that? It's been a while since the Eagles have had a good returner, and Agnew can return kicks and punts as a Pro Bowl level. At a Pro Bowl level. Here, I'm, I'm, guys, what I'm about to share with you, I'm about to share some of Agnew's return average ranking since he's been in the NFL. I'm going to rank based on a minimum of 15 returns. In, two, in 2017, he averaged 17.8 yards. On punt returns, he averaged 15.4 yards. You know, in 2019, kick return average 26.7. He was ranked fifth in um, all kick, uh, He was ranked fifth of all kick returners. Punt, he had nine, He averaged 9.2 yards in punt returning. And in 2020, he had he averaged 28.0 yards. He was ranked fourth in a kick return 
kick kick and punt returns, and he averaged 12.7 yards in punt return. Agnew only plays, and look at the crazy part is that Agnew only played six games in 2018, and he only returned 11 kicks in 2017. Agnew has has 4.34 speed and five career uh, return touchdowns, four punt return touchdowns, and one kick return touchdown against the Eagles, if you'll recall. Here, he is returning a punt uh, to the house against the Giants. So, he's a fast dude, you know. Kind of reminds me of a little Tavon Austin. He has a little speed in him. You know, so look at on kickoff on Eagles kickoff returns in 2020, it was as if someone stretched invisible fishing wire from sideline to sideline at the 20-yard line, and Boston Scott would trip over it on every return. On punt returns, while Jalen Rager did have a touchdown return, it was an adventure for him, fielding punt uh, for him fielding punts. Plus, as roster stands right now, he's probably the team's number one receiver. So there should be debate either or not to use him at all on special teams. Otherwise, Greg Ward, who was a Wally unthreatening when he fielded punts, and B, he, um, otherwise, uh, oh, never mind. What I was about to say, otherwise, Greg Ward was a Wally unthreatening when he fielded punts, and B, he let too many punts hit the ground. One way the Eagles can help their offense this season one way the Eagles can help out their offense this season is to give them better uh, starting field position and maybe, just maybe, even a big play here or there. Agnew would help both on kick returns and punt returns. So those are my three. Those are the three free agents that I have that I have in my book that would be that would make total sense for this uh, rebuilding football team. Okay, guys, that's all I have for today. I hope you guys like this podcast. I will be doing another one tomorrow. Um, And, yeah, you guys have a good rest of your day.